0: Welcome to the Happy Home birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode fifty. Now, if you hear anything in the background, that would be my sidekick, little Lillian. She's hanging out with me right now. We are getting this podcast episode all together just a few hours before it airs. I air them on mid or at midnight on Mondays. So um, it's Sunday afternoon, and this is not like me. Usually, I like to have my podcast episodes ready to go Fridays before they air. Um, but life is just crazy right now with um, this childbirth education program and getting all of the modules up for my founding members. So that's going on. And then we had all kinds of stuff going on this weekend. Well, of course, meantime, when I go to edit my episode for this week that was planned for this week, I realized that It did not save the right way. Like, it saved, but the audio, like, half of it was missing. And so when Juliana and I recorded this episode, I remembered my power went out. And it looked like the audio file was fine. Gut. Oh, Lillian's doing a new thing with her mouth right now. Anyway, looked like the, the file was fine. Twas not fine. So I went to edit it and like half of it was missing. So Juliana and I got together again this morning and re-recorded her episode. So Sunday morning, re-recorded the episode. So when I say it was fresh it was fresh. Um, so yeah, so I'm not going to waste any time in the beginning. Just remember that if you will stop and leave a review on iTunes, it means the world to me. And it really helps the show get seen by more people. Um, and you know, we're trying to spread the home birth message far and wide. So if you would take a moment to go leave a review, it would mean the world to me. And I will send you a happy home birth podcast sticker. Also take a moment right now, just to take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories, tagging happy home birth podcast. And you know, I will share it in my stories and I love to do that. So on that note, Lillian thinks it's a bunch of baloney, but uh, please remember that the opinions of my guests might not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. Neither one of us are medical professionals. So continue to see your doctor midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor and enjoy this episode with Juliana. Juliana, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I am so excited to have you, and I am looking so forward to hearing your birth story. So if you wouldn't mind, would you just start by introducing yourself to the listeners?
1: Sure. Um, My name is Juliana, and I live in Canada, in Ontario. And I had a baby now six months ago, well, five months ago, um, on May 23rd. And I had a home birth. I had a planned home birth. And it it all went really, really well. And I'm, I'm really happy to be able to share it. Um, but everything's been going, everything went great. And everything's been continuing to go well. So really happy over here.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And I love hearing from moms who have babies right around the time that I did. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to, to hear like, oh, this is what was going on in your life right around the time that it was going on in my life. And, you know, we're probably nursing our babies at the same time throughout the day. Right. And it's, you right. know, it's kind and of I, cool to have that connection.
1: Yeah. And I remember actually, uh, cause I started following you before I had the baby, obviously. And then I remember, you posting that you had had your baby and you were still doing all these things. And I thought, wow, that is wow. <laughs> Cause I was just so buried, but well, I was just to, amazed at that.
0: to be fair, a lot of it was done before the baby got here. So <laughs> usually just adding intros before podcast, I did spend a lot of time in bed. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, That's so important. And I'm glad that you were at a place where you're like, well, I'm just sitting around because that's 100% the way that it should be. So good job. Sounds like you did it right.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess. Still very impressive on your part. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: so funny. Well, let's let's dive in. So you had a home birth, you had a planned home birth, Mm -hmm. and this was your first baby. So how did you come to the conclusion that this was the way you wanted to go with your birth?
1: Well, I just, I've always felt really strongly uh, when it comes to physical health in general, well, any health in general, um, I don't really like too much intervention, too much medical intervention. And I thought, well, if I'm going to have a baby, why would that be any different? And I mean, frankly, I mean, giving birth in hospitals is kind of a new thing, if you think about it. People have been giving, women have been giving birth um, naturally and on their own for thousands and thousands of years before we started introducing all the things that you can do to, you know, speed it up, kill Mm -hmm. pain, et cetera, et cetera, the list goes on. And I just thought, I don't know, it just just seems like I want to do it this way, because I just felt that that this is just what the female body's meant to do. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that every female should do it, but Mm -hmm. I do think that it's something that is naturally occurring. And I just, I knew that it could be done.
0: And you mentioned that you have always been kind of drawn to health. So is that kind of, you know, is that how you learned about home birth or where did the idea even come from?
1: Well, I always knew that it was a possibility, but actually, mm. a really dear friend of mine, and she was my neighbor, we, um, we met, obviously, when, when I moved in, and we were the same age, and we used to hang out all the time. We both worked full-time jobs. We were both single, and then she ended up um, getting involved with a guy, and she uh, got pregnant, and she had a home birth, actually, right next door. Oh, and wow we met up uh, right when I found out I was pregnant and uh, we started talking about it. And I was actually pretty scared at the thought of it, but she said, you can totally do it. It's not, it's not the horrific experience that people often describe it as. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I thought, well, I don't know, you know, that's ideally what I'd like to do, but what if I can't do it? And as I got further and further into my pregnancy, I just became more and more confident and comfortable with the idea, maybe because of the research I continued to do. And um, one of the things that she really stressed was getting, getting a full understanding of what's physically happening so that as you're going through the process, you're able to say, okay, this is this. Mm-hmm. And This is happening because you know I'm totally dilated now and things are moving. Oh, I
0: love that aspect.
1: Yeah, rather than not having a clue, and you transition and you're like, "What is going on?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a that's such a great point. Um, I I even asked on Instagram not long ago because as I'm creating my childbirth education program, um, I asked moms like, "Hey, what is it important for other?" moms to understand about active labor. And one of the responses that I got that I felt felt was so obvious but so profound at the same time was they need to understand what's going on with their body. Like Mm -hmm. what's actually happening inside of their body. And you're right, when you know like, oh, this is happening because my uterus is, you know, contracting and the Uh baby is being pressed down. Like it makes it makes the discomfort or the sensations that you're feeling relate to something like, Oh, something great's going on right now.
1: Right. Right. Um, and it's funny because when you're in the moment, I remember asking my midwife because she said to me, you know, feel down and you can see, you can feel where the head is. And I remember thinking, I remember doing that and saying to her, so that means I already transitioned. So I didn't even know in the moment, but when I think about it now, I do remember when it happened. It's just like when you're in it, it just, it all happened so fast. Right. Um, it was amazing. But the other, one of the other reasons I was going to mention, um, I kind of felt strongly about giving birth naturally was I did a lot of reading, as I said, and I, I learned a little bit about, uh, the process of induction and, I really, really didn't want to be induced um, hmm. because I, I feel that it kind of perpetuates a need for more intervention. Right. And the other, the other really funny thing is, is I 100% know when my baby was conceived. Hmm. And when I had the conversation with my family doctor about my due date, I said to her, but that doesn't make sense. Because I know when I conceived, and she said, I know it's one of those funny things, um, but we have to go by, you know, your last period. And I thought, well, that's weird. So then I thought about it, and I thought, well, what if if based on this due date, which actually isn't the real due date, I'm induced when I'm not even late?
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating that that even the moms who are like yep I know exactly when this happened I know I can tell you what time it was you know like exactly. I can tell you to the minute when mm-hmm. we conceived and yet still you're going to base it off of what you base everybody else's off of it's it is certainly a cookie cutter mold and I I'm grateful that my midwife at least definitely uses charting as a way to figure out what the due date is, as opposed to just like, oh, well, what was your last period?
1: Right. And think about how many women are induced when they don't even need to be.
0: hmm Exactly.
1: But anyway, that, that was another, that was another um, part of why I really wanted to just do it on my own <laughs> without all yeah. the intervention.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what was it like finding your care provider? Did you end up using your friend's midwife or how did you go about that?
1: No, I actually went, I, I did contact the group of midwives that she, um, like the group that she used, but for some reason, maybe they were just so busy, I they didn't get back to me. So I, I went and looked for another um, group and they got back to me right away. And it, happened. it just so happens that the wife of a colleague of my partner had one particular midwife from there, and um, she said she was so great, and I ended up getting paired up with her, which was, which oh. was neat and uh, it, it all you know just kind of worked out, kind of all fell into place.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing, and you mentioned your partner, so what was his perspective with all of this going on? Was he immediately on board?
1: absolutely in fact he he feels just as strongly about it as I do. Mm. If I hadn't, if I hadn't uh, wanted to do that in the first place, he probably would have been like, well, why not? I mean, we're, we're, we're into just letting things happen naturally over here. And I'm grateful Mm -hmm. that he's, uh, he's on side with, with the way I like to do things.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It, It really does. It makes it so nice when you have somebody that number one understands, but also can just provide that level of support of like, yeah, we're in this together. Like we are having a home birth,
1: you know? Oh, definitely. And I remember when I asked him, I started reading about doulas and what they do. And I said to him, should we get a doula? And he said, well, if you get a doula, then what's the point of me being here? And I thought, okay, (laughs) well, I mean, it's still, it's still great to have that extra support, but he was like ready to just Tackle
0: it head on. That is, was, that's that totally great. awesome, and I think there, I, you know, it's, that that's definitely like a balance because, for sure, doulas can help in the sense of like they can show you how to do this or that. But mm-hmm. a dad that is that you know is like, nope, I got it. I know, I know how I'm going to support you, and this is what it's going to be like. That's also very encouraging because you know they're going to be so focused during that birthing time.
1: Right. And you know what? I, I do realize because I've spoken to other women about it, not all dads are that comfortable. And a lot of them are super nervous and and they feel kind of, I've heard stories of, oh, he was just off in the corner kind of covering his face because he didn't, you know, he just felt like he couldn't help me or, and I think, yeah, that's that's tough too. So yeah, gosh, Adula is, I mean, such an amazing resource for sure.
0: For sure. But at the same time, it's really cool when, when you do have a partner that's like, yep, I'm, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to be the doula and I'm going to, I'm going to get it done. And that's, oh,
1: for that's sure. really super, amazing. Super grateful for that.
0: Oh, well, so what was your prenatal experience like?
1: I just, um, well, because I, because I've always sort of lived a, a healthy lifestyle, eating and exercising and so on and so forth. I just kind of, I kept on with that and I sort of Uh, I I continued to work out. I lifted weights and I, I, you know, still had the same diet. I did cut out coffee and, um, good on you. I
0: (laughs) (laughs) did not get to do that.
1: (laughs) I, um, I just modified some of my (laughs) exercises and I, um, I just, you know, tried to, I tried to, you know, just, you know, up the fats a little bit more and Mm -hmm. just definitely ate a little more balance in terms of like scheduling. Like one of the things I noticed about being pregnant was like, I was just so ravenous sometimes, like Mm -hmm. could not get food in fast enough. And I'm, I'm someone who can go hours and hours and hours without eating. Um, and that wasn't the case when I was pregnant. That <laughs> was the case no longer. No, but that's okay. Cause you know, you're in a growth phase and you need to, you need to adapt. So, but yeah, no, I just kind of, I just kind of kept on and took my prenatals and yeah, I, I did. Um, I did do a lot of red raspberry leaf at mm. I think week 34 or something like that. They mm. had sort of like a nice herbal blend that my, herbalist recommended for like labor prep and that was great and yeah
0: oh yeah i love red raspberry leaf tea and that's mm-hmm. i i actually start drinking it in the second trimester and it is like i get i would get so excited every mm-hmm. day when it was time mm-hmm. I, in fact it was so much of a treat that i'd be like okay you need to wait until the afternoon or the evening like it's like this thing that i'm like <laughs> like waiting to have because it's like such an enjoyable experience and yeah it is i i will actually i'll add the link to the the one that i would drink you guys might have heard me talk about this before but there's a an infusion blend that's got red raspberry leaf it's called nora tea so it's like nettles oat straw oat straw red raspberry leaf and alfalfa which as your herbalist was talking about with the red raspberry leaf, all of these things are really, really great for toning your uterus and then also preventing postpartum hemorrhage. So Mm -hmm. that's, what's awesome about it. But then this recipe adds like rose buds and stuff. And it's like, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. it's sounds lovely. Yeah. It's real good. So I'll, I'll add that to the show notes. Um, And then, so what was your experience like with your midwife during the prenatal phase? Like, what were your appointments like? Did you enjoy that?
1: Well, yes, but let's just say that she and I had some, some different opinions on things. Oh. <laughs> um,
0: let's and, hear you know, it. And,
1: and you know what? That's okay. <laughs> um, he, I, I find that um, there's a real push for midwives to adhere to government uh, standards and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I I completely understand the position they're in. I mean, there's huge liabilities and I, I fully understand where they're coming from. There were just a lot of things that I said no to, you know, it's your Mm -hmm. midwife's, it's your midwife's job to let you know what's available to you in terms Mm -hmm. of testing and, Interventions and whatnot. And I said no to <laughs> the majority of things like the, um, the gestational diabetes test. I didn't take that. Um, we talked about um, delivering the placenta and um, she just told me the process. I said, well, you know, can't I just pass it naturally? And she said, well, I'm not going to lie to you. After women give birth naturally, they don't really want to get up and push their placenta out. I said, well, whatever, let's just see how it goes. And you know what? It worked perfectly fine. I just kind of propped myself up and like I squ—I gave birth squatting and I kind of just like leaned forward a little bit after sitting there with the baby on me. And uh, she said, do you want to try? And I said, absolutely. And it came right out and it was fine. But she told me she's like, She said, if it doesn't come out in 20 minutes, we're giving you that shot. And I said, well, fine. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm so glad that you knew that that is not the way it had to be. Like, I'm really, really glad that you used your brain, you know, the acronym brain. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but the, you think about the benefits. So B benefits are risks yes a what are the alternatives and in your situation you know the alternative is just like okay well let's see if we can wait for a second and I can push it out myself I what's your instinct saying about this you know intervention and Mm -hmm. then in what happens if we do nothing and once again in your case what happens if we do nothing oh well the placenta will come out (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just I love to hear when mom's take the initiative and understand that they are the ones in control. And that's something that we talk about a lot in my childbirth education program is, you know, and also your midwife, typically most midwives want you to be the one taking control of your care. You know, that's Mm -hmm. generally the way the midwifery model of care works as, you know, they recognize, Hey, she's She's the one that's, she cares about her birth more than anybody else. And Mm -hmm. she's the one that's in control. So you're right. A midwife's job of saying like, Hey, here are your options. Now, now make the decision on your own. (laughs) Like, That's the, I feel like that's my personal preference, of course, when it comes to care, like that's true informed consent. And if you decide to write decline all the way down your paper, well, then that's, that's your informed choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when we talk about all the medical interventions and stuff like that we were talking about at the beginning um, and how, I mean, I'm sure you have experienced people saying to you, well, that could be so dangerous. And what if this happens? And what if that happens? When I spoke to my family doctor, like when I just needed to confirm that I was pregnant, I said, well, what do you think of home birth? And she's very like, she's a very type A personality and super, you know, she talks really fast and she's a runner and she's, (laughs) she was like, well, I'm terrified of it. Mm, And I said, well, why? And she kind of just like looked up at the ceiling and exhaled. And she said to me, I don't know. And to be totally honest, true complications in labor are extremely rare. (laughs) Mm. I said, well, that's, All I needed to hear. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I'm just going to go ahead with my plan then. And yeah, like it's, it's crazy how people are just so, so afraid of the idea Mm -hmm. when
0: cognitive dissonance there,
1: (laughs) like if you just really think about it, you know, it's not that big a deal.
0: Right. Anyway, it's so that is, that's such a fascinating point of like, Oh, it terrifies me. Well, why? Well, I don't know
1: (laughs) exactly. Well, I actually have no reason.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I it just does.
1: Yeah. But But anyway,
0: amazing, amazing that you with all of that still were like, okay, well I know what choices are best for me and this is how it's going to go. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so that's fantastic. Well, what was it like coming up to time for you to, to give birth? Like what, what were those days before labor like?
1: Well, I interestingly, I don't know if this is common, but I was kind of crampy throughout my whole pregnancy.
0: Mm.
1: I experienced these sort of on and off. I mean, kind of like they weren't really contractions, but they were, I just, I felt a lot going on down there the whole time. So it was Tuesday, probably around four o'clock. Uh, Jason hadn't come home from work yet, and I was just kind of hanging out with my sister at her place. She lives like two minutes from me. And I said, I'm really feeling these cramps intensify. And she said, Well, let's start writing down the timings because you never know. And um, I thought, okay. And that basically went on and continued to intensify all through the night and all through the next day. So, um, Jason came home from work probably around six, and I said, "You know this is what's happening and he immediately downloaded this contraction app. I don't know how people do it with paper and a pen, right like writing down the timings. This app was amazing, so you just like start stop, and it tracks everything mm-hmm. and I said, "I don't know if you're going to work tomorrow, but we'll see and um, we just kind of we kind of just chilled out he you know, set himself up, upstairs. And, you know, I, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, um, you know, time and a lot of contractions. And my midwife insisted that I sleep in between contractions, even if it was for six minutes. So I actually did. So he kind of was like, you know, putzing around and playing on the computer and doing things and just like grabbing my hand every time I would wake up and (laughs) say his name. And, um, that went on until the baby was born thursday morning so oh. that was tuesday tuesday late afternoon to thursday morning
0: wow yeah that's so so that first early labor that's really impressive that you were actually able to even during that time be cognizant of the fact that you needed to be resting that I find is so difficult or can be so difficult, especially for first time moms. I know I had such a hard time with that, like the excitement of, Mm. oh my gosh, like this is it. This is labor, like gets the best of you and you want to kind of rush the process. So very impressed that you were able to be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to rest right now during this time. Well, she, she knew
1: that it was important to me that I wanted to go through with it at home. And she said, you are going to need your energy. So I do not want to find out that you were washing floors and power walking, trying to get this to, you know, come on faster. Mm -hmm. So she said, get yourself in bed. She said, take some Gravol and Tylenol, which I didn't do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But she said, just sleep every minute you can. And I did. So um, by the time we got through all of Wednesday um, Jason was, Jason was absolutely exhausted. And, you know, I know it's really hard for us and it's, it's insane and it's intense, but these dads are up for, you know, this took more than 30 hours and Mm -hmm. he was up the whole time, basically with tiny little naps in between. And I just finally said probably around 11 something. I said, Jay, honestly, just lay down and go to sleep. I'll do this by myself for a bit. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of bouncing on the ball and leaning up against the wall. And um it you know, I just I went through the contractions on my own and then um I just looked at the app and um I noticed that for an hour I had been um I think it's five one one.
0: Mm-hmm. Five minutes apart, less exactly. than a minute for an hour. Exactly
1: for an hour That's and the I rule. Thought, <gasps> I thought oh my gosh like this is it and I said Jason I'm calling her and he's he he told me now he's like I thought you were totally out of it. He's uh-huh. like I thought you were just lying and trying to get her to come because <laughs> you know it was just so <laughs> crazy intense and I was like no Jason I'm calling her and you need to get up and he had already done a trial run of inflating the pool and like cuz he wanted to know exactly how long it would take cuz he was serious. So <laughs> oh he is like oh he's militant about these things so he he got up and I was like well I'm calling her and he's like well you should have got me up earlier I have so much work to do and I was like it's fine you'll do it so I'm continuing on contractions he's duct taping tarps to the to the carpet and blowing up the pool and um he's like working up a sweat and I just remember I was like at the end of the bed like standing up and I had a really intense contraction I bent over and my water broke like, and it was the gush.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Was it so, on the tar?
1: <laughs> no, of course it was. <laughs> not. <laughs> no, that would just be too perfect. Right. Um, and then my midwife probably showed up about maybe, you know, 15 minutes after that. Mm. And, um, she examined me and she said I was Five centimeters, <clears throat> and so she probably got to my place at about three thirty in the morning
0: on Thursday morning.
1: On Thursday morning, okay. And things were moving, um, and uh, I remember I was just kind of like walking back and forth. The pool was full, and it was starting to get kind of hot and like steamy in the room because, you know, the water had been running, and all I thought was, oh, I don't want to get in this pool, Mm -hmm. I really don't want to get in this pool, (laughs) I just wasn't in the mood, I don't know why, and she said to me, okay, Juliana, why don't you just get in the pool, and I thought, I can't not, because Jason ripped so hard, and (laughs) like, I can't not get in the pool now, so I was just like, "Ugh, okay, and I got in the pool, and I remember, like, it felt so good mm. to instantly have that like relief of pressure mhm and i like didn't want to get out yeah it was just so beautiful to be in the pool and it um, really
0: is amazing
1: oh my gosh and i had said before that i didn't actually want to give birth in the pool i just wanted to labor in the pool because i i Jason wanted to actually deliver the baby and I was like, "Well, you know, you have to be careful with the temperature and like, you know, bringing them up and possibly putting them back in and they could choke. And anyway, the back back up midwife came and they kind of had a conversation and my midwife said, she's going to give birth in the water. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And she said, okay, it's fine. Let's just see how it goes. You're doing really well. If you want to get out, you can get out. I said, fine. And then things just started happening. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll give birth in the water. But in that case, I want you to, she said, I, I, I said, I kind of want you to man this. Like, cause I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. And, um, you <laughs> know, part of the plan. Well, yeah. And she said, no problem. So we just continued on and I was in active labor for about six hours. So he was born okay. at about eight, eight thirty 30 in the morning. Mm.
0: Wow, and so you stayed. Once you got in the water, you you stayed in the water. I did. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. just so relaxing, and and I do feel like it makes a difference. Um, like for example, when I am sick, the first thing I do is get in the tub. Like I have like probably five baths during the day on a sick day. So, yeah. I feel like those those of us who kind of gravitate to water naturally when there's like any sense of discomfort, that can be so powerful while oh, you're actually, was, you know, in labor. It was oh, it was amazing. Um so during you you mentioned earlier that, you know, as you're going through this process, you're kind of like so I mean, the hormones that your body is creating, it's creating a lot of beta endorphins, which do give a kind of out-of-body experience almost. So you said, you know, at the time you didn't even realize you were going through transition. Um, but then when you looked back, you were like, oh, okay. So I guess that was transition. What was that end of the labor kind of like for you? It was
1: It w- like a... Like I- Well, I don't know if I said this already, but it was just, it was very intense. It was painful, but I wouldn't describe it as the worst pain of my life or horribly unbearable. It was just, maybe it, maybe it's a mindset thing. I Mm -hmm. just felt, okay, this is it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of deep breathing and a lot of, (laughs) my midwife said, I want you to grunt. And I thought, what, why? Like, I I don't want to grunt. She's like, just, just do it. I want, and she kind of like made the sound that she wanted me to make. And I was like, okay. And I just, I kind of did that because there was, you know, you have to really control your breathing and Mm -hmm. as it's making its way out and then you end that contraction, you know, kind of like goes back in a little bit just to naturally kind of stretch those tissues without you know tearing right um you really have to control your breath and it was actually it was actually kind of helpful um but it was it was very like I remember all of it I really it was it was really intense like I said it was painful but it wasn't it wasn't the worst thing ever it was actually I don't know when you when you think about what why and why you're doing it and what's about to happen it really doesn't it's nothing right well not nothing
0: i shouldn't right. say that no it's like the perfect balance of nothing and everything <laughs> like it's, yeah
1: like it's just i don't know it just seems natural to me
0: mm-hmm. yep I, and i feel like that's kind of what i don't know when i say the perfect balance of nothing and everything it's like birth is so normal You know, Mm -hmm. like it's the the most natural process in the world, yet also at the same time, you know, it's so like extraordinary. It's just this blend of ordinary and extraordinary that just, you know, there's nothing else. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, and I do, I fully understand that it's not like that for everybody, but I can't, I can't say that like, I, I truly don't believe that it's, like, a matter of luck or, oh, you know, you're lucky things went well. I really feel that you can prepare physically and mentally for this event. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go in feeling petrified, you're probably going to be super tense and you're not going to open up and it's, it's probably going to be difficult. Right. Um, another thing that I did throughout my pregnancy was um, – I started following spinning babies and Jason, um, bought me like their, their whole birth prep class. Oh yeah. Yeah. So all the positions that you, you do every night, I think there's four of them to properly position the baby for like, you know, easier labor and delivery. That's, that's a thing that actually matters, proper Mm -hmm. positioning. And if you can, if you can, stretch a muscle and work a muscle you can you can prepare for this too so I felt like you know there are things that I can do I I wasn't just going to throw my hands up and say well you know whatever happens happens I Mm -hmm. was determined to work at it to make sure that it went well and um did you post something about was it you who posted a question how did you deal with people's negative birth stories Mm mm-hmm I did. So personally, I understand that some people have a really hard time with it and that it's not this beautiful, positive experience. It can be really traumatic, but that doesn't mean that if they wanted to tell me their story, I would say, oh, I don't want to hear this because I'm trying to stay positive. Right. I would just, I just understand that that was their experience. It's, it's not going to be mine. And I can hear it. It's okay. I can just, Mm -hmm. you know, treat it like something that's separate from me and, you know, put it down after and go on with my thinking, right? Right. Like not everyone is able to, you know, control their emotional response or their, I, I just, what I'm saying is I just, I understand that it's not, you know, sunshine and rainbows for everybody.
0: You know, I when I think about what you're saying, it I think about the fact that yes, some moms some moms might do every single thing right and then the cards just are not in their favor. You know, some unexpected crazy mm-hmm. random like, you know, experience occurs. That mm-hmm. that certainly does happen and birth is Although it's normal, like it's unpredictable. Like we can't ever be like, oh, well, I know that I'm gonna have this peaceful, wonderful, perfect birth. But at the same time, there is a level of understanding that you know, preparing yourself in a way that, okay, I'm I'm going to do all of these things and I'm going to be prepared for the best birth possible. And if for whatever reason that doesn't occur, Well, am I going to be mad that I took the time to prepare and have a beautiful, lovely, comfortable pregnancy? Like, I don't think so. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And and if it doesn't go as planned, your response and reaction to it is everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're afterwards, you know, saying things like, oh, I had such a terrible birth experience and it was the worst and, you know, I just wanted to get out of my body. Well, that, that is fueling that kind of that experience as well. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe you should just kind of look at it like, you know, it was tough, but we got through it and, you know, look at our beautiful baby.
0: Right. And I just, bringing yeah. a sense of mindfulness, I think is, is so important. And I don't know. You're, you're getting me really excited about <laughs> my childbirth education program, which I'm not going to keep talking about, but it's, it's so important. Like, I mean that all of the things that you're talking about, they are so important for shifting how we experience birth, whatever that experience ends up being, you know, the things that you did during your pregnancy, you, you and, and your partner were on the same page. Like you, you guys planned for this birthing experience together. That's massive you took your health seriously. You took informed and empowered consent seriously. And you knew that it was up to you to make the decisions ultimately of what your care was going to be like. And then on top of that, you practiced a level of mindfulness in this idea of like, okay, you can share your story with me and, and you can share your hurts with me. And I understand mm-hmm. that that's what your experience was. However, I'm not going to let that reflect on my experience because I haven't had my experience yet and it could be anything. So I'm going Mm -hmm. to give myself that space to know that my story is going to unfold exactly the way that it is supposed to unfold, whatever that may be.
1: Oh, for sure. I remember telling my mom a couple stories, like coming home from work. I'd say, oh my gosh, mom, listen to this. And she'd say, why are you talking to people about this stuff? (laughs) <laughs> I'd say, it's not a big deal. Or people would actually say, you know what? I don't want to tell you this. I don't want to scare you. And I'd say, no, it's fine. Like, it's honestly fine. Your experience is yours and it doesn't mean it has to be mine. You know, just go ahead. It was, you know, not a big deal. I'm usually not that <laughs> level-headed. Something happens when you become a mother. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's so beautiful. And it's also, it's also neat to recognize how different we all are in that sense, you know, some Mm -hmm. moms, Mm -hmm. some moms certainly are like, okay, well, I need to be protected from this. And I, if I hear these experiences, I'm going to take them on at least subconsciously as my own. And I just can't do that. Whereas others can be like, oh yeah, tell me about that. That's, I want to hear your story. And I recognize that it's not mine. So mm-hmm. I, that's so cool. That's, that's fascinating. And now earlier you mentioned that you, uh, you really did a good job of just hanging out after having your baby, you know, your postpartum experience. What was that like? W- what did you do? Did you adhere to any specific, like, oh, well, you know, we did the first 40 days or, you know, what, what was that postpartum time like for you?
1: Well, to be honest, <laughs> um, my immediate postpartum was difficult okay. um I read when I was when I got pregnant I read Ina May Gaskin's book and after while I was pregnant and after I had my baby I read um Aviva Rahm's book yes um the I can't even remember the title but it's like um healing from birth naturally is basically the whole what the book is about and um you know I I Really, really took it easy. It was hard at some points, but Jason was off for two weeks and he was like, he was like spoon feeding me at some points. It was amazing because I had a very, very, very difficult time nursing. And the midwives were not sure if um, the baby was jaundiced. Um, He was like, his coloring was pretty... Well, he looked like he had a great tan, but because <sighs> because I didn't have that testing, because I gave birth at home, they didn't know, and they weren't comfortable just going by the skin color. So we actually ended up in a merge.
0: Oh no! When
1: he, when he was five days old, which in my opinion was completely unnecessary, but it was there were a lot of alarm bells sounding, and um, I think that they were just feeling like they really needed to cover their butts. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, I wish I had been able to be a little bit more logical about it and just ride it out because it was, it wasn't a problem. His levels weren't even elevated and he, he was fine. He was just a little bit, he was not the best at latching in the beginning and he was pretty sleepy Mm -hmm. and breastfed babies sometimes take a little longer to get the bilirubin out of their system. And that's just what was happening and everything was fine. And, um, yeah, but immediate postpartum was pretty rough. I, I stayed in bed a lot. I, um, like it was rough in that he wasn't feeding the greatest. So I was very, very stressed. And I felt that that made my milk supply kind of tank.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It gets
1: cyclical. Yeah. And that was really stressful but my healing was excellent. I didn't, I had like a tiny little tear. My midwife said to me, she was looking at it. She said, well, we can stitch it. We don't have to, it's up Mm -hmm. to you. And I was like, sure, just stitch it. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, my healing and everything physically was great. Um, it was just, you know, it was, it was tough getting going with him, but, uh, it it happens. It just happens slower for some babies. And he is, he's great. He's it it honestly getting breastfeeding down probably took two solid months. It was, it was hard. Very, very hard.
0: Yeah. That's, I'm glad you, I'm glad you bring that up because that is one thing that one of my best friends told me at the very beginning. And this is a mom of, of five, number six on the way. And she just said, you know, if you will just think that like, okay, it's very possible that the first six weeks of breastfeeding are going to be very difficult. Like it's a new skill. It's, it's very possible that this will be hard. Just know that going into it, then Mm -hmm. if it's anything less than that, you'll be pleasantly surprised. But if it is Mm -hmm. a difficult time, then you can just say, yeah, well, I knew it was going to be, you know, I knew that this was a possibility that it could be pretty difficult. It's a new skill. And Mm -hmm. So yeah, and it sounds like you were on that six weeks to uh, two months potentially, you know, time frame. But recognizing, like, yeah, I I knew this was this was possibly how it was going to be, but I'm I'm just going to go go for it anyway. And what 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 is it like now? Were you guys able to get into a good rhythm?
1: Oh yeah, he's he's great. He's um, at this point he can go. He's on a three and a half to four hour feeding schedule um he sleeps through the night he always has I don't like to say that out loud because I don't want (laughs) to jinx it he's a terrible day he's a terrible daytime napper but Mm -hmm. he is a champion nighttime sleeper um he but the breastfeeding it I never ever thought about breastfeeding when I was pregnant like meaning I didn't I just thought I'm going to breastfeed and that's all there is to it Mm -hmm. um I never thought that it would be hard. No one ever really talked to me about that. I don't know why. I know. It it doesn't get
0: talked about enough.
1: I don't know why. And then um, I just sort of started and I was like, oh my gosh, this is not what I was expecting. And it's, I mean, and I, I love breastfeeding. I'm so happy to be breastfeeding. Am I excited? to wear normal bras again and like (laughs) not have to worry about my shirts yes I'm very excited (laughs) but I there is nothing more satisfying than seeing your baby grow Hmm. from
0: knowing you did that
1: yeah like it really is phenomenal and um it's such a beautiful thing and I'm so happy to have been able to power through it and I remember my mom my mom is such a Hard ass, if I can say that, that's a bad word. But <laughs> she, I remember she said to me, like, I was just, I was having such a hard time. You know, you're super emotional. And I was just talking about the pain and it kind of came and went. And I have one side that's a little less productive than the other. And it was just, it was so hard. And she looked at me and she said, this is your problem, not his. So suck it up. <laughs> And I was like, okay, thanks, mom, for the words of encouragement. Noted. But, uh, no kidding, eh? And I just kind of I thought, okay, well, because she knew that I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of like, if you're going to do this and you want to do this, you just need to, you need to just put your head down and power through. And that's what I did. It was brutal. It was honestly brutal, but we got through it. And now he's, he's great. And I never thought about how it's really hard work. Like it's really hard work. And we think about how it feels for us. Mm-hmm. You, you you just think about okay this baby's just eating and doing their thing but it is such hard work for them right
0: i would yes, say, those
1: muscles yeah like i would put my hand on his head and i remember the first time i kind of put my finger on his little forehead and he was sweating oh like it is such hard work and i thought oh my gosh buddy this is rough for you too
0: that's a really great point that you bring up like yeah you know, and not only even in the breastfeeding, but just like considering what birth is like for the one being birthed, you know, like, and what postpartum is like for the one yeah, experiencing postpartum with you and just kind of having that level of connection of like, wow, we're doing all of this together. You know, this yeah. is, this is intense stuff and we are going to be a team through, through it all.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, I, Jason, um, <laughs> once things really started to get going when I was in labor, all of a sudden he disappeared and he reappeared with a tripod and a camera. (laughs) And I was like, what are you doing? No. And my midwife said, listen, you can't have a redo. So just let him record it. And if you want to delete it, you can delete it. And I said, oh, fine, fine, whatever. And, um, a couple days ago, he comes upstairs, the baby went to sleep and he comes upstairs and he's like, let's watch this. And I, he showed me, it was the, the birthing video. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ready to see this. Mm. And um we watched it and it was, it was really intense to watch. I have to be honest, but when he came out and he was laying on me, just the sound of his cries, like made me so emotional. And I thought, what a, like, difficult transition for him mm. from where he was to being in this, you know, cold world. <laughs> Open and you
0: know? vulnerable environment. Oh, and like, it was just these these weak little cries.
1: I was like, oh my gosh, listen to him. He's not even strong enough to like let out a good cry. And I was just, I was so emotional. I thought, wow. And my, my best friend actually just gave birth a week ago yesterday and we've been chatting and you know she's she's going through the the breastfeeding this is her first as well and i just said to her i was like it's so hard it's so hard but it's so hard for them too like just think about him like he's just he's probably having such a rough go like lights and noises and <laughs> drafts and everything and then trying to eat and they're just so tiny and we're all
0: they have <laughs> You're so right. Gosh, you have brought such a beautiful perspective to this, and I, I I don't even, you know, I don't consider that enough. And um, I think this is really fantastic for moms to get fresh eyes of, you know, what are our children going through as teeny, teeny tiny babies, as babies, Mm and also our older kids too. You know, my three year old, Mm -hmm. you know, kids, people, humans are just going through so much. All oh, the time. Know. and to be able to extend that empathy towards them is just is just huge so
1: dads too like yes it's all about mom and baby but sometimes I would think I, I would just watch Jason and he was just like a machine just doing things and getting things done and I thought I wonder if he's feeling like alone or emotional or, or what he's feeling. Cause it was just all about me and the baby. And I was so wrapped up in the baby and mm-hmm. there's, they're going through a lot too.
0: Hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and in fact, you know, there's been a lot more research on postpartum depression in dads. And so we absolutely, I'm so glad that we are, you know, focusing on the mental health of of moms, but you're right. It's, we, we also need to be focusing on the experience of dad because dads, because I mean, this is all a team effort.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. So grateful. Oh.
0: And Juliana, as we wrap up, would you mind letting the listeners know where they can find more information about you?
1: Oh, well um, I'm on Instagram um, jewels for health, J U L E S for health. I haven't really been doing much lately at all, but I am a holistic nutritionist and I um, I try to, you know, post information on recipes and um, just general health tips and lifestyle information and stuff like that. I, I hope to incorporate some, um, you know, prenatal and pregnancy care and um, maybe, you know, baby's first foods and things like that. Just sharing what I'm going to be doing along
0: the way. But yeah. I'll be really excited to see what you're giving, babe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll be taking notes. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so grateful, Juliana. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing not only your birth story, but just such a wise perspective of you know really everything that we've gone through. Um, I just feel like there is so much to glean from this episode. But yeah, thank you so much Juliana. I am so glad that we got to connect um, and I look forward to hearing how the rest of your postpartum journey continues.
1: Thank you so much for giving the oppor- giving me the opportunity to share it. it's really it's really an honor. I appreciate that very much.
0: Another round of applause is definitely due for Juliana for being willing to come back on and record this episode so that we could air it when we planned to. So thank you so much, Juliana, for that. And it was totally, totally worth it, in my opinion, because this episode just had so much depth and just What a wise perspective that she gave on a number of topics. And the two things that really stood out to me that I wanted to discuss as we head into the episode roundup, number one, Juliana discusses how while she was pregnant, when she was working with her midwife, that she admitted she really liked Um, she still knew that her care was her responsibility. And so when her midwife told her about her options of different tests and procedures and even interventions like giving a shot of Pitocin during the third stage of birth, which is right after you actually have the baby when we're waiting for the placenta to be born, Um, you know, some midwives will just give a shot of Pitocin immediately to expel the placenta, But Juliana didn't want to do that. She knew that, you know, her body, given the opportunity, would most likely take care of that on its own. And so she pushed for that. And I just love to hear moms making empowered, informed decisions. That's really what this is all about. And it doesn't even matter what the decision is. That's not the point. The point is that you're given your options and you are making the decision from a seat of power and understanding that you're in charge of your birth in whatever scenario you find yourself in. I think that's fantastic. Now, of course, there's a place for like, okay, this is an emergent situation and I need to take care of this. Of course, that's why we hire midwives. But recognizing that as long as things are going as planned, you are the one that makes the decisions and you guys are, are on the same page about that. So I, I really love that part of Juliana's story. And then the second thing that I wanted to to discuss was just her perspective of how everything affects our babies, not just us. You know, our babies are going through so much when it comes to breastfeeding, when it comes to having just been born, they are part of this and our partners as well. We, of course, have been through a lot. We've birthed a baby, we're exhausted, we're tired, but remembering that all of us are a team together can really put things back into perspective and we can really remember to check up on one another and make sure that everyone in the family is doing well and adjusting. So I loved this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you, Juliana, once again for coming back on and I look forward to seeing you guys back here next week.